This is Roof English Radio with Darinata, daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof. Hello, it's Roof English Radio. I'm Darren Adam. Thank you very much for joining me today on a Tuesday. I want to bring you an episode of the week in Iceland, but I suppose it's the eight days in Iceland, isn't it, really, yeah. if we're doing this on the Tuesday <laughs> rather than the Monday. And my guest today is my Roof colleague, Ingun Laura Christiansdottir. Ingun, good to talk to you once again. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, let's start with Grindavik, because mm-hmm. today people are allowed back into the town, and mm-hmm. they, if they're residents, yes. they can stay there 24-7. Mm-hmm. But, of course, that's not recommended. Yes, there are still, um, as we've discussed numerous times, uh, a lot of crevices in that town, lots of holes in the in the ground, and it is very much still a dangerous uh, place. But there's been, um, yeah, a, a lot of demand from the residents to get mm. to go to their homes. Uh, there's been some anger as well because of the uh, time they get for their their businesses. So businesses cannot stay open for as long. Yeah. And the main anger is because the Blue Lagoon has had the option to stay open until nine uh, in the evenings. So I'm guessing mm. there's a, a strange mix of relief and, and anger. And anger. And I suppose what's really happening here, this isn't about saying the town is safe, people can move back in. Oh, no, not at it, all. It's about saying you don't need to restrict your activities to a, a three-hour window yes. that we decide for you. So yeah. if, you, if you want to pick up stuff at seven o'clock in the morning, you can. Exactly. And if you remember, right at the beginning, uh, the residents in the easternmost part of town only had five minutes yeah. at the start to get their belongings. And this was before... The eruption, yep. uh, so this was November when we had the massive amount of earthquakes. Which was before the first of what turned out to be three eruptions. Yeah, the first of three. So we've gone from five minutes to yeah three-hour windows, and now they have the whole day to themselves. And obviously, mm. you know, there are people watching for their safety. So, you know, if, if it does come to an evacuation, there are people there to yes. escort them. And so there will be some people that will stay there all the time, but it's not expected to be a very great number, according to the police. Some people will take advantage of that, if that's mm-hmm. the right way to phrase it, but but not many are expected to do so. Yeah, a lot. Of, well, many people have moved on and they yeah. have homes in uh, different areas. Now people are looking for new homes since the uh, government uh, said that they would buy their homes. Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, but then there are some people that... They don't like the fact that they only have, was it until July to make a decision mm. if they want to sell mm. their home? So, yeah, it's it's going to be a strange few yes. weeks and months because we are expecting another volcanic eruption in two or three weeks. Well, probably more than one. And that's why July is thought to be a little bit too soon for people to make a decision. Because mm. by July, it's unlikely that we'll be able to say that this eruptive series is over. Mm. Yeah, it's very much difficult yes. to say when yes. anything is going to be over. It yeah. feels very um, awake. Yes. And, I mean, Tuesday afternoon as we sit here, it's the 20th of February, as you say, another eruption, probably on schedule for a week, 10 days, two weeks away. We can't say with certainty, mm-hmm. but that's been the pattern over the that's last few months. That's been a very regular pattern at this point. And, I mean, at this point, I'm putting it down in my diary to expect a volcanic yeah. eruption around, like, a, a certain window, just because that means that we have a lot of work to do to get information out there to make sure people are staying up to date with everything that's happening. Mm. So, yeah, we are very much looking at not, e- not a month basis, like two, three 
week basis. It's very yeah, yeah. regular now. And becoming less time between each of those eruptions, it seems yes. very slightly as well. Mm-hmm. But of course, we just don't know. Uh, there's so much that is uncertain. For example, land is continuing to rise mm-hmm. at Svatsengi. Yes, that's right. But the right. rate of the increase is slowing down. Mm-hmm. And frustratingly, maddeningly, that means one of two completely contradictory <laughs> things. It either means that the earth is settling down and an eruption is yeah. less likely, or it means that it's getting ready to erupt. Yeah, th- this feels very much like the first conversations we had where it was like, it mu- like before the first eruption in 2021, we had those massive on earthquakes. And yes. <laughs> we kept making fun of the conversation, which was, yes, well, it might erupt and it might not <laughs> erupt. <laughs> yes, as was neatly satirized in Aurumotoskopi yeah. <laughs> this, this year, I think, with all the experts saying different things. But it's literally that, because like I say, that... that the, the the rate of increase in the land or the mm-hmm. rate of rise is, f- is falling and it means one of two totally different yeah. things and we're not going to know which until it happens. And keep in mind, our um, experts, our volcanologists and geologists are like on world scale, yeah. the, the best of the best. Yeah. I mean, these are the experts that other uh, volcanic, volcanically active countries, they come and consult them mm-hmm. and still... I mean, you can never be, you can never predict something like this 100%. I think what we are owed, though, I think what would be fair if the next eruption is what we thought the last one was going to be. In other words, brief, not in a very serious area and Mm -hmm. with no serious consequences. Because for a few hours, that's how it looked Mm -hmm. until, of course, we saw the lava making its way over the road and doing terrible damage to the hot water pipes. Yes. So fingers crossed that the next one Mm. is small and brief and Mm -hmm. doesn't do any damage. And slow moving. Fissure eruptions, they are usually slow moving. They they sort of creep. uh, The lava. Yeah, Yeah, the lava from fissure eruption sort of creeps down the landscape. But this time we saw the lava was especially thin. So the speed of which it flowed was surprising to yes. say the least compared to the last few years and it seems like every time we have a new eruption in Reykjanes Peninsula there's something new about it there's something well scientifically quite interesting about the area it's not all coming from the same mm. um, volcanic system and it's not the same consistency all the time Sometimes it comes from a deeper part of the earth and sometimes like a thinner layer. What I really loved, well, there's so much to love about what happened in the last couple of weeks in terms of how hopeful it was and how brilliant it was to see people doing incredible work to get the water supply back on, which is, of course, the heating supply Mm -hmm. in Iceland. But I, I loved the fact that Keplavik Airport, which was without hot water and therefore without heating for, for about 12 hours, mm-hmm. its solution was just to switch off the air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you warm things up in Iceland, you, you switch can, off the air yeah. con. <laughs> you can always find a solution. Gosh, yeah, no, the yeah. whole thing about the, the, the heating and the, and the pipes. Uh, interesting thing, when I was talking about this on TikTok, because yes. uh, I'm, I'm a journalist on TikTok, uh, a lot of people were very confused about the heating and the pipes. Mm. They were like, why Why would your house not be heated because of a hot water pipe? And yes. people were confused because obviously geothermal energy is maybe not as common in other countries as it is here. But yes, this, this hot water does indeed uh, not just bring hot water to our taps, it heats yeah. the homes. And for that reason, the electrical grid, the electrical supply is not set up 
for heating purposes mm. because it doesn't need to be. Yeah, and they use uh, and that, that heat yeah, to yeah. Uh, create electricity. Yes. So it both yeah brings our our electricity supplies and our heat. So yes. it was very much when we saw that lava flow over that pipe, it was very much worst case scenario. Yes, but it also means that you can't use electricity to heat homes. You can't just switch on fan heaters. Yeah. If everyone does that, of course, you put tremendous strain mm-hmm. on an electrical supply, which is not designed for that purpose. Yeah, but they worked quite quickly Incredible. on getting that uh, the uh, extra pipeline working and connecting. There were, of course, some problems, yeah, as yeah. you would probably have when you're trying to put things up so quickly that, you know... Uh, like three days? Yeah. Just incredible. It's, you know, it's incredible, this sort of Icelandic spirit that you see in, in disaster times. It's all about like, okay, let's just get this over. Let's just get it done. Let's just do this. And it's not about stopping and thinking yes. and getting the bureaucracy <laughs> in the way. But also, it's not about allowing what you might wrongly think of as common sense to get in the way. Because when you say, well, how are you going to do this? And the answer is, we're going to build a road over the lava, which yeah. is still cooling. <laughs> you might think, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's what happened, yeah. incredibly. And it worked. And it's interesting seeing those earth-moving machines like working in yeah. still very hot rocks from, I think, the January eruption. They've been doing yes. some... Uh, work there and one of our uh, journalists went over there and he like put his hand over one of the rocks and he was like I'm going to touch it and across quickly grabbed his hand away and it was 230 degrees Celsius that yes. rock from the January. Ru officially advises that you don't touch the rocks. Yes. Stay Do away. not follow our journey. Stay away from the, <laughs> the melting rocks would be the advice. Oh gosh. All right well let's um, let's turn to a different story which has Gone down quite well on Roof English, actually. Mm. And it's this long-going merger plan between Tognafjörður District and Vesterbyth, mm-hmm. two existing municipalities in the Westfjords. They are merging. That mm-hmm. was decided in a referendum. It's all going fine, but there's a bit of concern that people won't be able to decide on a name for the new municipality. Yeah, and a name is very important yes. because it has everything to do with your identity. And this has been going on for a few years now. So this was um, our our, uh, government's now plan to merge uh, towns to simplify the Mm. sort of everything official, all bureaucracy things, not just with towns. They are trying to merge universities, Mm. um, the the high courts uh, to make things simpler. And so, of course, we have to have a conversation every time something is brought together because uh, this reminds me of um, one area in in uh, the Westfjords as well, yes. Isafjordur and, and Nifstalur. So Nifstalur was its own town, but right now it's, uh, you could say it's considered a, a neighborhood of, of Isafjordur, the mm. town itself. And that doesn't go well with the people that grew up in Nifstalur. No. They are, they have their own town identity, their own history. Uh, maybe they've lived there for generations and generations and the land itself is steeped with history. So what happens when you have two, well, <laughs> large villages yeah. merging? Well, when we use the word municipality, we're talking about a council, mm-hmm. essentially. And this municipality is going to merge the district of Tognafjörður, which is the town of Tognafjörður mm-hmm. and the surrounding district, mm-hmm. but also Vesterbyth, which contains the town of Patricksfjörður. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense for those two towns to be under one council, and, and residents in both places seem to agree with that idea. Mm-hmm. But yes, how do you find a name? And I messaged or mentioned on my own social media during the week that Icelanders can be trusted not to come up with a stupid name oh, like no. 
<laughs> municipality, municipality face. Yeah, you know, that's or whatever. one thing I really love about your countrymen, Darren. Is my other countrymen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the, uh, oh, the the it's the quaintness of it all of naming things. <laughs> Bodie McBoatface. I, I I love it. I really really enjoy it, yeah. and it doesn't take itself too seriously. Well, it's not going to happen here, though, is it? No, in we this, in enjoy our history. And we enjoy, you know, the the meaning of things. And people will go back into the history books, and they will look at the how mm. the land lies, and and the the story of the people, and they will always find something yes. that's going to have deep meaning and very interesting. And we you see can that, trust that we see that with words in the language, though, because Icelandic generally doesn't bring in loan words from mm, other languages. Yeah. English does it all the time, of course, mm -hmm. quite shamelessly. But Icelandic seeks to protect itself oh, yeah. by creating new terms mm -hmm. for new concepts. Yeah, and um, we saw a lot of that happening post-50s, uh, well, just with the uh, technological yes. advancements, you know. So Sjónvarp, literally, which is TV, literally mm. means? Sjónvarp would be uh, sight projection. Yes. So yeah. varp is to pro project something. And shown is uh, what you see. Seeing. So it's seeing projection. Seeing is, projection, yeah. yeah. And uh, obviously, thirtla, uh, that's the word for helicopter. So thirtla is something that, that spins. So a thirtlipriki would be to like uh, spin up the, the dust. Uh, and one of my favorites, favorite words, tölva, mm. which is a, a mix of, that's the word for computer. Which is a mix of two words, which is tölur, which is um, numbers, and völva, uh, which is uh, a prophetess. Mm. And she was the the prophetess that um, prophesied the the death of the gods. So, yeah. in a way, I like to think that a computer is the death, that numbers are the death of the gods. <laughs> I, I love it. And what's also great about that is that every modern word in Icelandic or every newly created word, mm. it's like a little sort of two syllable poem, isn't it? Yeah, in a way. There's always going to be, uh, it's always going to be something that we're used to hearing. It, it, it might be an old word that we reuse, like sime, uh, which is a phone. Yeah. That's just an old word for a line. So just like or the, the thread phone cord, or a string thread, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the threads that you would put in the ground for the phones. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it usually, or, or the sound itself, if it's a completely new word that doesn't have a history, the sound will be something we're used to. Mm. Okay, and maybe those principles will come into play when it comes to coming up with a name for this oh, new municipality. Have you got any ideas for them? I haven't, although one of our commenters on Roof English said, mm. I don't care what it is as long as it's got fewer than four syllables. <laughs> so we'll see if that could be... Might not get that. We'll see if that could be arranged. <laughs> um, also over the weekend, uh, Songva Kepnin, the first of the two semifinals. Yes. Anita and Vibe mm -hmm. uh, are through and uh, two more to be selected this Saturday. Yes, and sometimes a wild card yes. will is continue. Yes, uh, I think there I think might is, be. Yeah, there was a yeah. wild card last year, and that uh, brought quite a lot of excitement. Uh, the band Celebs, yes. uh, Celebs, they were the wild card last year. So it'll be interesting if they bring the wild card this time. And we won't know until the end of this Saturday's yeah. show. So that will, will be, be the second, uh, oh, what do you call it? The second semi-final, Second semi-final, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. And of course, you know, not without its controversy, I saw the latest numbers that... Half of the nation, according to the latest polls, is against uh, Iceland going into uh, Eurovision. Yes. So it's, there's been a lot of discussion and this uh, people are split between, well, we should at least enjoy like Schenkwa Kapnin. It's, it's our song competition here in Iceland. And then this anger of 
uh, well, we're doing this while they're bombing Gaza. So mm. there's, it's 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 a very. It reminds me of the year when Hatari went because they yes. went to Israel, and of course, the it was a similar discussion, but not as powerful as it is now, not as uh, as loud and continuous. No, because th- this particular conflict hadn't started mm-hmm. with the consequences of that, mm-hmm. and also Hatari had been quite clear. I mean, I wasn't here at the time, but from the outset, Hatari had been quite clear that they were going to use the time Mm -hmm. as they saw it to make the point they wanted to Mm -hmm. make. And we didn't know what form that would take. In the end, of course, they held up the Palestinian flag during the the final itself. Mm -hmm. But there was never any serious question, or was there, about them actually going to... No, I remember there being some discussion... Which was in Israel, of course. Yes, I remember there being some discussion about not going... Especially like because I I was at university at the time and there was a lot of discussion, you know, among people in the university. Um, But yeah, definitely not to the point like it is now, you know, because now we, you know, we are saying news, telling news every day about the bombings in Gaza. So obviously there's going to be a lot more discussion at Mm. this point. It's tempting as well to think that if 50 percent of the country are opposed to a thing happening, Mm The obvious observation to make is that whatever happens, a big number of people are going to be very unhappy, whether Iceland takes part or doesn't take part. A mm-hmm. big number of people are going to think it's the wrong decision. Yeah. And it's it's interesting to see like who can make that decision not to go, no. uh, because c- would it be the head of Ruf, Utvarstjöri? Would it be the head of radio? Uh, because then the minister of, of culture came in and said, no, this is a an international uh, this would become project. a question of foreign This would affairs. be a foreign policy yes. decision, and this would be in the decision of the minister. So, I mean, this discussion has gone uh, so far that even our government is discussing it. Yes. Well, a long way to go before we get to that stage. As you implied there, the connection this time between Sokhva Kepnin and Eurovision has been broken. Mm-hmm. So it's entirely possible that this is just the Icelandic, to use that literal translation television singing contest yeah um and it goes no further I, I i have no idea what's going to happen i have no more idea than anyone else in this building or anyone else in in the country i do know that i'll be watching or we'll be watching the second semi-final in husavik this mm, weekend you'll be in husavik i'm going to husavik yes we're going to the eurovision some, town itself absolutely we're going to be recording some shows in akareri and husavik that you'll hear on Ruv english radio in future weeks obviously we're going to go to the eurovision museum Obviously, we're going to say play Ya Ya Ding Dong. Oh, Obviously, excellent. they will when we're there. But, you know, I um, love that film, yeah. the Year's the Song Contest film. I, I think it's it doesn't get the um, uh, the attention that it should get because the songs in that film is are fantastic. All I would say is, having lived in Edinburgh for a very long time, mm. the way that Edinburgh is portrayed geographically is not accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You would not be able to get from one end of the city to the other in three minutes or no. whatever. No, wouldn't. It is. No, what? strangely not. Strangely <laughs> not. Who would have thought? Okay, so that's Songva Kepnin, the second semi-final on Ruv TV this Saturday. I think nineteen forty-five is the time, but you mm. can check that on the player. Um, a brief word for the and uh, about the fire that took place in Reykjavik during the week. This was at uh, Fetsmuli mm-hmm. next to the big Krefil taxi yeah. headquarters. 
uh, contained within a few hours. Very serious. I drove past it the other day, and you can see that the, the roof has collapsed on one yeah. side of the building. Not the taxi building, but the, the, the buildings next to it. Mm-hmm. Could have been worse. Yeah. Well, the, and this was like right next to one of the main roads, so the busiest yes. roads yeah, in Reykjavik. Yeah. So this is a house people see every single day on their commute yes. to work. Yes. And I live in that neighborhood. Okay. Uh, it's only like a 10-minute walk from there. And when that fire happened, I was I was downtown having dinner. And when I came back, the whole area smelled of, of burning rubber or just like this really intense smell like it was New Year's Eve. Mm. And I was like, oh, because I hadn't watched the news at all. So I just went for a little walk and I was like, what's on fire? And that there I saw it like still sort of crackling in yes. the night. Yes. Yeah, gosh, it was massive. And they were quite scared that it would go on to the other, because it's a row of a few businesses in the same building. Yes. So it's all connected. A very large building. uh, But they were able to contain it, like, thank God, because Mm -hmm. there are so many, so many... um, It's a very dense area. There's a a lot of stuff around there, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not just that building. is not far away either. Yeah, and it's like right behind them, they have, um, like, the homes of people. So not just businesses, but homes behind them as well. All right, um, let's talk about a politician who is very popular mm. in Iceland. He has an popular. 80% satisfaction my, my. rating. However, that is of little consolation to the people who are satisfied with him that mm. would like to vote for him to remain as president because, of course, he's not going to. He, he is, is standing not. down. This is the Icelandic president, Gudni, 80% approval rating. Um, politicians in many countries would be happy with half of that, wouldn't they? Those <laughs> are think. great numbers. <laughs> Those are really great numbers. But yes, he announced at the start of the year that he would not uh, be running for president for a third term. He would have two terms and that's it. And what's interesting about uh, if you want to be the president of Iceland, you need 15,000 signatures from Mm. people that uh, say that, oh, yes, we would like to vote for you or 1,500 signatures. 1,500, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But you don't have to live in the country. You you do have to be uh, an Icelandic citizen, but you could be you could be living in Spain when you run for president, and you don't have to have a um, clean record with the police. Okay. So you could be a <laughs> so you could be a prisoner living in Spain, and you could run for for president. If you're an Icelandic citizen, yes. And I find I, this very interesting. Yeah. Because I, we do have demands for people uh, in Congress in Iceland. Yes. They have to have a clean slate. That's how it's worded in, in the news. They have to have um, like uh, impeccable uh, man, like word. They're, they're they need to have a clean record, yes. essentially, or no criminal record. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the well, I mean, when I became an Icelandic citizen, mm. I had to have my background checked. Oh, interesting. Uh, by an international, I forget which agency it was. Mm. You need to have a clean record to become a citizen. You need to have a clean record to become a parliamentarian mm-hmm. in Iceland, but not to become the Icelandic president. No, but, well, because the pra- the president is quite an interesting thing. I sort of think about it uh, like royalty in the UK. Um, Except you get to choose. Yes, we, we do get to choose. <laughs> and uh, the president, uh, he can have final say on laws that Congress passes. And very few presidents have made use of that power. Mm. Uh, famously, Ólafur Ragnar Grímsson, who was president before Guðni Tjáhu Jóhannesson, our current president, 
he uh, made use of that in in two big cases. So one of them was the iSafe case, yes, which was all about if we would pay the people of Iceland would pay the debts uh, of the bankers for the iSafe uh, uh, accounts in uh, I think Holland and and mm. Britain, mm. and then it was a uh, this media. Uh, Legislation which would change the whole um, the whole look of, of of free media in Iceland, yes. and so he made use of that power twice. Uh, might have done it more, but at least th- those were the two big ones. Uh, but other than that, the people say the president he attends uh, funerals and uh, <laughs> and he he uses scissors to open new buildings. Yes, but he apparently does it very well, or at least he's thought to do it well by the 80% of people that approve of him. And the other interesting polling point around this, I don't know whether the situation has changed in the last few weeks, but the initial polling on those who had declared their interest in becoming the next president and those who were thought likely to enter the race at some point, they're all in single figures. They're all getting like 3 or 4%. There's yeah. no one at the moment that seems to be anything like a front runner yeah. to become the president. There's no really big player and uh, some some people usually don't announce it until maybe like a month before everything kicks off. I mean there is still a bit of time before everything starts. But yeah, right now people are like they they can't really see anyone in the in the runs now as president. And it's it's very interesting and mm. this will be the first time yeah, in many years that we will have like an actual, like proper race yes. to the presidential office. Because Guthany in his first term, I think he got something like 39% of the vote, which is one of the lowest percentages ever. Mm-hmm. And then for his second term, it was 90-something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's going to be that again. Maybe whoever takes over is going to be someone that emerges from a very crowded field yeah, I and think then so. becomes very popular. Mm-hmm. Unless it's someone that is, you know, uh, has a good like political history, is quite popular... Uh, that could just like pick it up like that, uh, but right now we yeah I don't really see that happening. Mm-hmm. But you know it's exciting in the I, next I few weeks. I have yet to hear a denial of your interest. Oh well, I'm I'm way too young to be in the presidential <laughs> races. It's the only time I, I feel like well I'm too young. <laughs> there is an age. There's a uh, yes. You have to be 35 oh, to well, run for president. I, I couldn't possibly ask you that question for another 15 years. Then could I? Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, however, would qualify at least on that. If not. Yeah, well, you're a citizen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to run for president? No, I'm going to deny that just now. Ah, shame. Um, you would have had my vote. <laughs> well, only four, another what, one thousand four hundred ninety-nine letters of support yes, needed yes. to uh, to enter the you race. Would need that. I'm not going to run to be president. It's it's fine. We can rule both of us out at this stage. All right. Okay. On that note, thank you very much. The Thank you very, very much. much non-presidential Ingen Lara <laughs> Christian's daughter. I did also want to talk about briefly, uh, uh, the reason I won't is that we'll do it next week, mm. but in Akureri, this tremendous story of, of this new game, or the, an American game, I should say, mm. which is called, what is it, Coal Hole? No. Cornhole. Cornhole, that's it, which is being called something else in Iceland. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, Pokavarp. Yeah, Pokavarp, where you throw a bag of corn <laughs> into a hole. Into a hole. It, hence, hence cornhole, I suppose. <laughs> um, it's become very popular, weirdly, oh, yes. amongst elderly people in Akureyri. But I want to save that for next week mm. on The Week in Iceland because our episode will come from Akureyri next Oh, yes. So You'll be on the scene. We shall talk about it then. And all that remains is to confirm how we're getting on making that little TikTok video that you and I were working on last oh, week. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
Excellent. What's the progress on that? So I've published it on TikTok. Have you? I have. Am I TikTok so famous? Can, yes, you're TikTok famous now. So you can go on Rufrétir on TikTok and see our lovely Darren and Margrét Adamsdóttir. But then I'll have to send you some videos as well to post on your social media. Okay, well, all of this has been done without me getting approval, so I'm going to nip <laughs> off now and just make sure it's all okay. Ingrid, thanks very much indeed. Thank you very it's much. It's Ruve English Radio. I'm Darren Adam, and you can get in touch with us anytime. English at ruv.is. There is more from Ruve English with all the news from Iceland in English at ruv.is slash English. Roof English Radio is a daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof.